Hey everybody, Bob again. So I'm talking about uh, things that go bump in the night. I'm talking about Easy Street, which I owned from 1979 until 1984. It was an imported beer bar. So back in 1981, I'm uh, dating a young lady named Kathy, who happens to be my office manager. So we are in the office, which is in the basement of Easy Street, and we're, we're doing the monthly books. And uh, it's December or January, it's cold. And we're downstairs, the bar's not open yet till four o'clock in the afternoon. And it's, let's just say it's lunchtime or something. And we're downstairs and we hear somebody walking upstairs. So I know the doors are locked, we're not open. There's nobody expected to be there. We don't have deliveries that day. So I walk upstairs and I walk around. There's nobody there. I walk back downstairs, oddest thing. Okay, we both heard footsteps, but there's no one there. So a few minutes later, we hear footsteps again. A little louder, a little more pervasive perhaps. So I walk back upstairs. And I'm opening up closets and cabinets and all sorts of things. And I'm looking underneath the bar. I'm looking everywhere. There's nothing there. I walk back downstairs. A few minutes later, we hear footsteps again. What was the building that Easy Street was in? It's a one-story building. Brick composition had three doors by commercial, the Commercial, farmstead? Well, commercial. Okay. Yeah. We're the only tenants, it's just us. Back downstairs, hear the footsteps again. This time I grab a baseball bat that's in the office and I walk upstairs and I'm kind of pissed off. Clearly somebody's walking around in my space, right? Can't find him anywhere. So I search again, I'm in all the rooms. I'm in the closets, I'm in the bathrooms, I'm opening stall doors, I'm everywhere. I'm pissed off. Can't find a single soul. So finally I go and I open up one of the doors. In the time that we've been downstairs, it has snowed. We have got a couple of inches of snow that's everywhere. What year is this? 81. So my parking lot's in back. Snow is everywhere, there's no footprints. I go to the second door, same kind of thing, it goes out to the back. No footprints, no anything, both doors are locked. Go to the front door, front door is locked. Open the front door, no footsteps, no anything. I run out of footprints, there's nothing anywhere. Walk back downstairs. We again hear something knocking upstairs, like that's it, we're going to lunch. So we leave. And, what time is this? Well, noonish, let's say. So we come back, absolutely nothing is there, everything is fine, nothing's disturbed, and then it's almost time to open. So there we are. So that was one experience at Easy Street. We also had, we had um, tables everywhere that had candles on them, right? That was our back room. And we had popcorn. It's an imported beer bar, so we had popcorn, just like Von Pierre's, right? So uh, every night we would have to vacuum the entire floor. So that procedure would take all these tables about this size, a cocktail table and all the chairs, and put them on one side and vacuum everything, right? And then we go to breakfast. So again, this is the 80s, so we'd have a tendency to, you know, maybe drink a little bit past closing time, and suddenly it's four or five o'clock in the morning, and we're going to breakfast. There's a place called Cunningham's that we go to for breakfast. And so I was the last guy out. Everybody gets in their cars, right? And, you know, Kathy's in my car. And I go back and say, I forgot something, I'll be right back. So they go ahead to Cunningham's, except the babe in the car. And I walked back inside where earlier that day, I had picked up several bags 
of sugar. So, and this is way before like a 7-Eleven or anything else, 81, right? So I walk back inside and I'm sprinkling this by all three of the doorways, right? Because we've had this scene where we've gone to breakfast in the morning and come back and there are candles that are lit on a table that we had moved and not put back in the center of the room. No one so, else in the building. Nobody else in the building. Nobody else knew that I got this stuff. So we went, we come back, I'm the first guy to open the door. I got the key, right? I open the door, everyone's behind me. There's a table in the middle of the damn room with a candle on it that's burning. Can't explain any part of that. So these are all things I've experienced way before I got here. So the things here bother me, every once in a while something does, but for the most part, no. I don't think you can ever be fully uh, desensitized. There's oh, no. just certain moments that make you go, huh, okay. Well, I've, I've had, there was a period of time that things would follow us home as well. I was just about to ask that, like, because did it follow you to Easy Street, or was that already had something about its history? I never knew what took place at Easy Street before I was there, except that there was a guy there for probably 15 years named Gus Baropoulos, who had a joint called The Ruins, R-U-I-N-S. He's Greek. So it's down in the Greek motif, except they were known as the darkest bar in Milwaukee. So it was a pickup place. So you've got any number of women strain, they were known for the women that would just go there to hook up. But it was the darkest place because it was the darkest place. So that was the history before I got there. And I put this cheek, the you know, most imported beers in the entire Midwest, if not beyond that point, and we had a real vibrant business. But I changed the dynamic from divorcees and just women looking to hook up to um, college kids. And that was, our, that was our thing, it was the import bar. So uh, I don't know what else took place there. What year was that? 79 till 1984. So right before Shakers. Yeah, she was so in 86. I'm curious if those spirits follow you here. I thought it was reversal. No. No, no, I don't. This is... Everything here that has been identified is specific to here for one reason or another. Whether it was the longshoremen that worked the docks that were three blocks away, it was the uh, the prostitutes that were here during the, you know, the, the whoring days after they got moved away from around City Hall. Um, the guys that uh, used to come from the Third War that uh, served in the Civil War for the side of the Confederates, like O'Connor, um, the brothel chicks upstairs, uh, remains of one I found in 2001. What, what happened to those remains? Those are buried behind St. Mary's Hospital on Wall Street overlooking Lake Michigan. It would have been interesting if you could have like, had those and like, framed them. I would have put them on the wall. Yeah. The guys working in that construction project were Native American. They would not let me not give them a proper burial. Wow. So no hands, no feet, no head, tips, fibs, everything else. So. Where was the head? No skull. No skull. No hands, no feet. When's the last time here that you had your hair just stand up and you had to leave? Oh, that? Today's COVID-19, May 2020, so. Hair standing up on edge happens not every week, but several times a month uh, in different parts of the building. 
I could be cooking and I get I get it back there sometimes. It's almost like someone is just kind of brushing your hair up kind of a thing. Uh, on your arm and neck, I get that walk downstairs. Um, I mean, it's a regular thing here. And most people that have worked here for a while have got some experiences. I think probably more people have experiences than they're willing to admit. It's a thing that, uh, it's, it's not something that you feel comfortable talking openly with because crazy you're cuckoo that didn't happen you're drunk well brianna's here the most of anybody the last three months right well she'll barely go downstairs by herself she refused to go downstairs by herself i've gone down multiple times with her even to get ice someone's got to go with her yeah. or get booze or yeah. something someone has to go with her or it's just not getting done um but it is interesting like how downstairs you expect to be cold but when it's always cold upstairs it's a weird feeling like the temperature changes a lot downstairs. It's uh, it's generally cooler. It's a cellar. Sure. But there's an area towards the east that can drop as much as 30 and 40 degrees. When these guys come through, we're seeing paranormal other people, and they've got their gauges. It's crazy to see the differential for no particular reason. And then moments later, it's all the same. So, you know, everything's, everything is, is fluid. You know, it keeps moving around. It doesn't just stay in one place. Well, this weekend it should be interesting as we have them coming on Saturday. Gonna have a little round table discussion of sorts. The seances are intriguing. Um, we had one here several years ago and the medium for that has subsequently died, Victoria. Uh, but she was a interesting old babe who had a lot of great stories. So, my girlfriend at the time, Amanda, uh, sat in. Then you get a ninth person to sit at the seance. She did. I was standing off on the side. And uh, I, I've never seen this before. I haven't seen this since. I don't go to a lot of seances. I don't, I don't go out of my way for these things. But You don't have to. I don't have to. <laughs> but literally, the table is rising. I mean, no one's got anything. There's no actuator. It's, it's my house. I know there's nothing underneath the table. There's nothing going on, right? The table is, is moving, is doing this kind of a thing, and people are talking in different languages. It's kind of like my ex-wife, you know, I used to be married, and she would, Marla would just talk in whatever, whatever. And it's the same kind of thing is going on. It's like nothing I understood anyway. And so it, it got to be so rambunctious, so maybe not violent, but so it was doing things, right? That Victoria shut down the seance. What she didn't do is she didn't seal things off. Apparently, there's a procedure to, like we do this with, with divination rods. Yeah, sure, uh, sure. I, I tell all the spirits to stay here, whatever else. So she didn't do any kind of grounding with that. And uh, when the two of us went home, Amanda was freezing. So I've got a down comforter on. I've got other blankets on top of her. And she's just shaking and freezing. And then at some point, She's giving off this smell like an old lady kind of a hibiscus-y kind of smell, old, old, you know, old person smell kind of a thing. And the next day I'm, I'm like, you know, if you're not better, I'm gonna take you to the hospital, you're gonna have to go to the ER because there's just obviously, you're, you're not right. And then like that, she was just fine. So she calls Victoria and she said, this is what happened to me, like, the entire night like this, this, can you tell me what that is? And Victoria says, well, yeah, I was gonna call you because I, I didn't close off the ceremony afterwards and you were sitting next to me, so I think that a lot of the energy bounded into you. So, and then came home with us. 
Wow. Wow. So we'll see what this is like. We get a seance here in January, January 1st, in fact, December 31st, 2016 to January 1st of 2017, downstairs in the cellar and it's I and a bunch of Shakerettes. And I can't recall who the medium was at that time. But we're downstairs, like two hours this thing was going on, and it was the craziest damn thing. What happened? Um, right before I had my uh, little abdominal surgery thing, the, uh, the, the chick who was doing the medium said, uh, you're gonna have an operation coming up. You're gonna have, there's gonna be something coming up with you, and it'll be very serious. And if you don't go and have this taken care of like in the next 30 days or something, or to see someone, it could become much worse. It'll be catastrophic. Okay. So within a week or something, I'm really starting to have this, hello, gut pain kind of thing. And I go in and, uh, and there we were. So it was a thing. It's crazy. Like I'm getting goosebumps just hearing about it. Well, obviously I, when you're, drinking you don't notice as much but I'm sure there's things going on all the time that absolutely makes you just question so hey Elizabeth yeah. um, I'm sure you've got some stories about some things that have taken place from a paranormal perspective here plenty we just happen to have a camera rolling at the moment have a seat we've uh, finished off our big interview with Racine Paranormal and with uh with a medium who is here, who's coming back on Saturday to do a seance with us. And I think if you'd like to be part of that, uh, you would be welcome to. So we have to gather at 8.30, starts at nine o'clock at night, and it's gonna last for uh, two or so hours. Yeah, sounds fun. Before they do the investigation upstairs. So the cat is gonna do it. Michael's got some really interesting experiences here. And uh, he had called me yesterday to say that over the weekend, as he's sitting at home, he had experienced something which is very disconcerting to him and it's all about here. So he came in and told his story today, but he also shared this picture from January of the cellar. Do you so, know that corner? There's no light back there. So that is, and he's gonna expand it up on, on his thing, but it's like, you can see people, they're looking down as if and he says that's a different dimension, if you will. So we're gonna <laughs> we're gonna be talking about that and go further. But his investigate or his seance and back is gonna be rather unique. So I will tell him and Ron that you're gonna be here. He must be I'll be here. But uh, if you want to share a story real quick about something here while we're still rolling, that might be a neat little thing. Sorry, I was just like this face is crazy. Um, <laughs> uh, Yes, it is. It's um, crazy. Like when I say I'll, crazy, that's like just my like wow. No, no, no I, understand, <laughs> I understand that part of it, but like just to gather the thoughts of like weird shit happening <sighs> that is like kind of uh, I don't this. I'm not a believer, but like shit, that shouldn't have happened. Have you had I that? Mean, I am a believer, but like I still will like my initial reaction anytime something happens in this building. I'll try to rationalize it first. Yeah, I'll try to be like, well, you know, maybe it's like the wind or something else or, you know, like there, there has to be some kind of rational explanation. Why does there have to be a rational explanation? 
I guess, I mean, as humans, we try to explain everything. But when I can't find a rational explanation, then I know I'm like, oh, okay, well. So, so tell me what's, what's an experience you've had singularly you haven't told anybody? Oh, I talk about a lot of stuff that happens. Before you do that, say, hello, my name is. Oh, yeah, hi. Uh, my name is Elizabeth. <laughs> I just popped in. Um, I've been working here for about two years now, just under. So had my fair share of experiences. I like being around all this and like talking to people about it. So I don't know if there's a story that I haven't told somebody. We didn't know that you were even coming in tonight. This is <laughs> oh, yeah. kind of unexpected. We're expecting yeah. you hours earlier, so. Yeah, I had to prep for a class. Uh, summer classes started today, so. All good. But um, yeah, I got a little bit behind today. And uh, But do you come here and paint a lot yourself or? Do yeah, re I mean recently. Yeah, and like uh, the, what was it? Friday night? Friday or Saturday night? Uh, this past weekend, uh, there was a group of like you guys are kind of like walking around and figuring things out for everything. And I'm just minding my own business, have my headphones on, painting the wall, kind of adding some gold accents in. And I kept like hearing these like taps on the wall, like it was always in like sinks of three. And like I'd look around, see if like anyone's walking around. At one point, I was like, I could have sworn someone was messing with the ladder. Are you the are you the only person here? There's still people No, there were other people here at the time. Okay. But like, there was no one moving around. The people that were here are just like sitting in one spot. And so like, when it felt like someone put their hands on the ladder or was like shaking it at one point, I'm just like, I know I'm not rocking it. I know I made sure it was steady. And I, like, I shake it, shook it before standing on it to make sure it wasn't gonna like move anything. Cause I know there's certain spots of the floor that bevel from age. So I'm just trying to like make sure it's sturdy. Didn't have any issues before I went up there probably here for about maybe a little over three hours painting and that happened multiple times throughout the night of it like I'd have to like look down and be like nobody's there there's only two people and they're sitting over there they're not even on this side of the ladder so that was a new experience that I had very recently when was this that was like just this past Friday which so, was what date uh what what's today the 11th the 8th so the 8th of May, 2020. So the day after the full moon as well. I know sometimes that helps with yes, yeah, activity. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. But have you had a situation where you felt like, I got to go? Yes. Yeah. A lot. <laughs> What's um, the most unnerving moment that you couldn't explain yourself and it just didn't make you feel right? The most unnerving would be, I think we spoke about this um, when I sat down with you and Michaela, but uh, there was a shadow figure that I locked eyes with, that um, the mirror above the fireplace on the third floor, it was maybe like five in the morning, I was planning on spending the night and started to feel like kind of sick to my stomach, I'd step out of the room, I felt better, I walked back in the room, started to feel sick again, and then a little around five, I just felt like I checked my phone when I left, so I know it was like about 5.30 when I left here. So it had to have been around five in the morning when like this full figured shadow, like looked like he was kind of made of smoke almost. Like you could see the shoulders, you could see the neck, I could see his face, it was like sunken in eyes, the highlight of where a nose should be, but no like distinctive facial features. And that was enough that I was like, okay, yeah, that's, that's it for the night. I'm just gonna, I'm gonna leave. I'll try staying the night another time and just deal with it later. <laughs> that was probably one that really was 
probably the most unnerving experience. On a day-to-day basis, I'd say that the cellar for me is the most unnerving portion of the building on a day-to-day process. However, that, if you're spending the night upstairs, there's all sorts of things that take place up there. I'm not sure that you were up there for different tours and you felt this whoosh of something go by you. I think you might have been up with me last summer when I had a shirt that got ripped in the back as well. Yeah, I remember that. And, and there's nothing around either one of us and my shirt gets ripped. So um, that was a lovely silk shirt too. Um, things just happen for no particular reason. That's the whole thing is that you try to find, you try to objectify what's going on and how something could possibly take place. Mm-hmm. But when you're standing by yourself, and something touches you, happens to you, or something else. And there's no one around. There's no one around. So I, I don't know how much science you want to throw at something. And as much as I, I you know, really am a devotee of Carl Sagan, there are still things that just defy explanation. Yeah, definitely. So it's a big universe, big world. Mm-hmm. And we have more than our share of things here for whatever reason. So Michael, the, uh, the psychic, is also the opinion that the things that are taking place here are going to increase to the degree that we'll see see many more things here (laughs) for the duration of the year, and just civilians will as well, not just the people that work here, which is a really cool thing. But he thinks it's all based on good things, which is Mm. all the better, so. It's like more of like a residual energy upkeep, or? Well, I don't want to put words in his mouth at all, so. I I just didn't know like what he was saying. Well, we can find out more on Saturday, Exactly, yay. Cool. What, What scares you about this place? Brianna. (laughs) <laughs> no, I love Brie. Um, I don't know. Like, there's definitely moments like like the shadow that I've been scared enough to at least leave for that night. But like, I've always been drawn to the supernatural, so I don't know if thing really like. Even when it is really scary for me, I still come back. So you you have no fear. I I have a healthy dose of fear of like when something feels wrong and I need to get out of a situation. But like, I'm still gonna come back and check it out later. Have you felt things downstairs? Yeah, often like, uh, like when we're open and like if I'm bartending and need to grab ice or something down there, if I'm the only one down there, I tend to like sing or like hum under my breath because when it's just eerie and quiet, like that's when you feel like, I don't know. Like, Do you walk a little faster? A little bit, yeah. <laughs> Depends well, on the night. We still have cops that go downstairs and pull out their sidearm. Now, that's because you know, that's part of training for God's sake, sure. but they have the sensation there's something there that means them harm. Same thing like women walking down dark streets, right? There's a sensation you get in different areas that you shouldn't be in. So the cops like the get fight this. Or flight. You can't you can't shoot a spirit at thee or something else, but you that's your your training, that's what you do. You pull out your sidearm, you're you're prepared for something. Um, have you heard the story of the maggots outside? Maggots? Maggots? No. No. Bob, can you talk to us a little about that? 1995, we uh, hired a lot of ballerinas from the Milwaukee Ballet Company. We did a lot of things with them back then. We were a sponsor. So we have a uh, someone who became a prima ballerina named Carissa Stitch, or Stitch, who worked here. And it's a Tuesday night, and I'm cooking, and it's now midnight. I shut down the kitchen. And I've got a bar full of guys that are salivating, just watching her walk back and forth, right? So I'm smoking a cigar at the end of the bar. <laughs> I drop my ash. Bad juju. So I grab my nap and I'm picking up the ash on the floor, and I see a maggot right over there. Well, what the hell? 
So I take my BevNap and I pick up the maggot and I deposit that and the ash in the waste container. As I come around, I see three more maggots, okay? Dispatch the maggots. I open the door and there's a river of maggots between our building and Tony's and they're moving, they're writhing, they're going from the east to the west. So I close the door, I walk downstairs, get a case of bleach, six bottles of Clorox. Mm -hmm. And I walk out the front door, no one's looking at me, they're looking at Carissa. And I'm pouring the bleach deliberately all over the building, right? And I get to the back and I throw whatever's left into the dumpster. The dumpster is, is encased with maggots, the cyclone fence by the fire department is mm -hmm. encased with maggots. It's just maggotorama. So they're really slippery, by the way. So I'm slipping and sliding everywhere as I head all the way to the east to see where these are coming from. And I get to First Street, there's a sidewalk, which is, looks perfectly normal, but just this side of the sidewalk are all these maggots, the entire alley width of maggots, and they're all moving, right? So I come back in, I come back in, and I say to Carissa, I want you to see something, and I don't want you to scream. Okay, open the side door, and she's okay last call that's it last call right so we shut the place down and or are shutting it down and the side door opens up and a copper walks in actually two coppers and it's greg duran who at that time was the fto field cleaning officer and he's got a brand new recruit with him and he's got a brand new squad car with him as well so he's like everything okay what's going on here i said why he said because you never close early i said well did you see your, or you know, smell something? Yeah, it smells like a dead body and there's like the maggots everywhere. I said, that's the reason why we're shutting down. So Chris and I leave and Duran is doing whatever Duran does as a cop. And I don't see him that night. I see uh, the next night rather. I, I had gotten here at like at 6.30 or 7 in the morning because if there's a vector problem, I gotta do something about it. It's called health department yeah. or something. So um, I'm looking around and the concrete is like, freshly poured, there's not a blade of grass, there's not an ash, there's nothing out of place whatsoever. I go home. That night I come to work, and the original psychic from here, who I met in 1987, who introduced me to Elizabeth, the little girl, walks in the bar. And we chat for a moment, I say, you know, oddly enough, this is what happened last night, can you explain it? She says to me, no, I can't explain that, but it's negative energy that's leaving the building, that's leaving. It's great, I'll go with that. So the next night, Duran comes in socially, and then, you know, pour him a scotch. He says, you know, it's the oddest thing last night, two nights ago, he said, we're here, we're looking around outside, we got our, our big spotlight going on, we got our flashlights everywhere, we're looking for a dead body, because it smells like a dead body. It's August, and it's hot, and it stinks. And he says, uh, we got a call. So we'll get back in the squad, lights and silence on, and brand new squad car, we uh, break onto the street of Virginia and the squad ceases up, just dead in the road. So we have a witness, Copper. He's now the chief of police for Eagle, Wisconsin. And uh, we'll bring him in at some point, but that was a very unnerving little thing here as well. But that's the maggot story. I had never heard that one Which before. Which you can find on Ghost Tales, by the way. The vivid <laughs> I'm just crawling. Like, and it's like a river and they, they never broke Second Street either. It didn't go past the sidewalk, but you could see, you could sense they're just moving. Mm. Slimy, stinky like maggots. The, the next morning, they're all just gone. All gone. So you didn't come here knowing that we were here, right? No, I was just coming to paint because... <laughs> 
I was trying to do it earlier, and then I got stuck up with class stuff at a but lecture. You feel good being here by yourself at these bewitching hours? Depends on the night. I just kind of I try it out. <laughs> well, it's only night three. Yeah, it's only night. Yeah, I've I've been here up till like in the building completely on my own up till about like three thirty in the morning. Yeah, yeah, things change after three. Yeah, enough. That's usually around the time that's like oh, okay, time to finish up and get out of here or like have someone sit but at the bar with me. It sounds like you have a strong soul that uh, things don't bother you. You don't let them get to you to that point. <laughs> Where it's a situation where it's like, all right. Uh... I mean, yeah, like I still get scared, but I don't know. There's just something about like supernatural and like different energies that like for me, I guess I just always want to try to understand them. So like fear is definitely there. Fear is healthy because, you know, it gets you out of bad situations. But a lot of it for me is just like if there is something there, I want to know why. So I'm not going to like run away right away unless it's. Like the shadow thing, yeah, I, I, I dipped out of here really fast that night. But like otherwise, I try to so figure out if they got a message. You're like the all-purpose girl here. You're a, yeah. you're a tour guide. Mm -hmm. You're a bartender. Mm -hmm. um, so as you have been a bartender, what's the most harrowing thing that you've experienced or seen that's taking place here? I've been like stalking. So it'll be like the end of like a Sunday night. I just did like last call, last person left, lock the door, go down to the basement, and. I'll turn the lights on at the end of the night because you know there's no tours or anything else. I'm the only one here, and I've had like all the lights go off on me. So I was like, okay, I'll just come in tomorrow and help whoever's working tomorrow stock because I'm not doing it tonight. <laughs> I've had stuff like that happen, but it's been like, oh, yeah, no, that's my signal. And by the way, all the electrical is up to code and plus code, and there's no issues to that whatsoever. So um, things manifest or happen for reasons that we just can't explain. It's crazy. It just, I don't know. It's as much as you don't want to be a believer, certain things happen that you can't explain. Yeah. You can't explain, you can't deny, you can't justify. And it's a, it's a weird scenario where it's not something, I guess, in 2020 that with COVID and everything else going on in the world. It's not a thing that we look at like, oh, wow, this is uh, something that's real and uh, something I gotta concern myself with. You get what I'm saying? Like, I'm, like you're yes you're an artist no. and you come here <laughs> and you have your certain energy about you. Yeah, like, do you draw things to you? Do you expel things? So I don't to know you? if I don't know if I draw energies to me or if I'm drawn to them, but I've definitely had like a cold towards different things in my life that tend to be more supernatural. Like working here, for example, like I didn't know this place was haunted. I was just like, I was actually out, like, well, I came in to check out the band, but like that particular night, I didn't even know the band was here at first. Like I'd heard that they were here on Thursdays, but like, I was just out with friends. And you're from St. Louis anyway, Yeah, I'm from St. Louis. And I was just out with friends that night. We were driving back home and we we're passing here. I was like, hey, Shakers, that's, you know, the place that's supposed to have the band. I'm gonna go check them out. So uh, my friends pulled over, we came in for a little bit. Um, my roommate had to take her other friend home, so they left. I sat at the bar for a little bit and just like, it's like, this building's really cool. There's something about it. I really liked it. <laughs> and then once I found out it was haunted, I was like, oh yeah, can I have an application? Cause <laughs> there's definitely something here. Do you fear ghosts, spirits, energy? I mean, to the healthy extent of like, if something's extremely negative or malicious, yeah, like I'm not gonna stick around to, 
he's not by myself and I can stick around and figure out what it wants, but most of the time, at least what I've experienced so far in my life is the ones that like they start off kind of scary, but you don't feel like any malicious energy from them. It's usually them just trying to communicate. So like if a door shakes, yeah, it'll freak you out at first, but maybe that's the only way that particular entity knows how to make its presence known. And once you understand that it's not as scary to see a door shaking, it's still weird. <laughs> like it's it's not like something you'd be like, oh yeah, that's adorable. But at the same time with this building, so sometimes it is. <laughs> have like, you oh, yeah, experienced some door shaking at all? Uh, in the basement, yeah. What happened uh, in the basement? You had like the safe maybe? Yeah, that white door by the safe. <laughs> I've had that one shake a couple times. Sometimes on a tour and sometimes when I'm just walking down there, like grab stuff. Um, this front door up here, the, like that brothel side door, my first day training, that door just opened and closed several times. Like someone was opening it and like closing it behind them to go up the stairs. And it was only me, the training bartender, and you were actually in the building. You were back there doing something at the back bar. And it happened a couple times. I was like, oh, okay, you know, it's, it's windy outside, maybe, you know. But then like a couple hours later, you can tell like the wind is no longer really going and it did it again. I was like, oh, So okay. how'd, you, how'd you make that feel? <laughs> Uh, it kind of felt like welcoming, like whatever was here. I mean, it was saying like, hey, yeah, we're here. Welcome to Shakers. <laughs> You'll get used to us. <laughs> it didn't feel like dark or anything. You know, it's just kind of like, they just want to interact. Has anybody ever had scratches or any actual physical marks? Yes. Yeah, I've had John on a tour that, like not on my tour, but um, he'd come here, I think, Okay, I'm trying to think. When was this? This was in February when he was on my tour, but he'd been here a few months prior and had made a comment about one of our spirits in the basement that we call the Mariner, and apparently the comment wasn't so friendly because when he went to leave the basement, he felt something hit the back of his head, and when they got to the top of the stairs, he had three scratches down the back of his head, and he had a head shaved too, so you could see it all. It's just like three scratches going down the back of his head. So when he came back and was Did on you my see tour, it? I, he showed me the picture of him. I wasn't on that particular tour. But you saw the picture of the scratches. Yeah, I saw the picture of the scratches. It was he there. Back, he was like, "I'm sorry if anything I said offended you. I didn't mean like like." He came back to apologize because like he's like months later still felt like unnerved about it. But after that tour, he said when he came up from the basement, he felt less threatened <laughs> because he like came back and apologized. What do you tell non-believers? I would just tell people to keep the take eyes the open. Yeah, take the tour. Take the tour, keep your eyes open. Like, spirits, like, they're not really something that you can, like, snap your fingers and it's going to be like, boom, right there. Like, they, they have their own timeline. So, like, take the tour and see if something happens. But be prepared to maybe run. <laughs> I always tell people, if you see me run, then you should follow. Like, it takes a lot to make me run. So if I'm running, you definitely want to get out of the basement. <laughs> so what terrifies you here? There's like a shift in energy that I can't explain. Try. Like, the only way I can describe it is like, it will go from like, I can't, I don't like using the words normal, cause like what is normal, especially in like a haunted situation. But um, I, I guess I'm kind of used to the normal like balance of what the energy tends to feel like here, where there's like that ebb and flow of like good days and kind of bad days. And so like that kind of energy I'm used to. And every now and then you'll be in like the basement or like the back bar or even just in the front bar or really anywhere in the building, especially if you're here by yourself, you'll feel just a shift 
where everything, sometimes it gets cold, sometimes the air in the room feels really heavy, like something's pushing on your chest, um, like your legs start to feel heavy, just it'll get like really like pressurized, if that, I guess that's the best way I can describe, yeah, pressurized, and like that shift is something that's like, oh, that's kind of unnerving, like I don't know why that just happened, because I didn't do anything to make anybody mad, so I'm just gonna take that as my cue that I need to go for the night. And those are the ones that probably freak me out a little bit. <laughs> well, you come here on your own late, later than most people would want yeah. to come here. So what is it that makes you feel that sort of comfort? I mean, a majority, like, while there's, like, there's good and bad in everything, like, humans and otherwise and spirits, there's going to be, like, a more positive side to energy and there's going to be more negative malicious energy. But for the most part, there's a balance. And so far, at least in the time that I've been here, most of the spirits I've experienced tend to be a little bit more on the positive side. Like they're very welcoming. Like I said, they just want to interact. They want to kind of be social, whether that's knocking on a wall or opening a door or just like making something like a shadow appear out of the corner of your eye, stuff like that. So like for the most part, for me, it just kind of feels like, like this is their home. I'm just cohabitating. <laughs> like I don't really ever feel out of place. So you've never been truly terrified? Yes and no. Like, tell me, not tell enough, me when it was yes. Not enough to like never come back. Tell me when it was yes. That shadow upstairs. That was definitely one that was, I got out of here very quickly that night. But at least in this building, I've not had something happen that made me never want to come back. I've had other experiences like traveling around and stuff that I was like, oh, okay. Yeah, no, this is not a good space. Like it just- Give me one of those. Um, when I was in Scotland, there's these tunnels that basically, um, it's a bridge in Edinburgh that goes from one end of the city to the other, and it was built, I'm gonna butcher this, I wanna say sometime in the 1600s, I'm probably wrong. Between the 15 and 1700s, I know that's a big gap, but that's where my brain is going uh, on that. And when they built it, they had to tear down all these homes, so what they did is they built like these kind of tunnels inside of it so that it would off, or, double is like storage, but because it was this stone bridge and there's a lot of leaking, a lot of merchants that originally bought up those spaces didn't want to use it because all their wares were going bad and getting mold and everything else. So then it turned into this like underground um, shortly around this time. Actually it had to been, yeah, about 1600s because it was one of the King James's, I know there's several of them, but one of them uh, at one point like outlawed homelessness in Scotland during this time. So if you're caught on the street, you were thrown in prison. So a lot of people, if you found your way to being homeless at that point- you Kind of like living, now. Yeah, kind of, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, you would end up living in these tunnels. And unless you could afford to have some kind of like lamp oil and stuff like that, it's like pitch black in there. Like when we, I was walking in there, like um, the guide, like for a majority of it, they were the only one using a flashlight because they were trying to like emulate how it would be if you had like a low light and like you were trying to make your way through these tunnels. And there were rooms in there that we walked in and out of a few of them that just felt like my heart just dropped. Like it was like complete temperature shift, complete pressure shift, like something like I did not want to experience that again. So like once we left those rooms, I was like, okay, yeah, no, I'm okay not going back into that one. And then, um, and there was like a big stone circle in there too, which is just kind of ominous. <laughs> it's like, I don't know who put the stone circle here, but clearly they're trying to trap something in here. And um, the room, like, I guess about 
10, 20 feet down from that, all still in the same part of this tunnel. Um, there's like, I don't know, it was like a positive energy, but like a, like a sad energy in there. And um, as the guide was talking, she's talking about how majority of people that ended up living in there, unless you were one of the main like gang leaders or running one of the opium dens down there and you had like a lot of security and a lot of muscle power behind you, your life expectancy was three to six months. Because there were also a lot of body snatchers who would slit people's throats in the middle of the night and drag them down to the end of the tunnels where they'd sell them to doctors as cadavers and things like that. Like you didn't really end up lasting very long down there. And as she's explaining this, I felt like a small hand wrap around three fingers mm -hmm. on my left hand and pull. And like, it didn't feel aggressive, it felt scared. And I was like, okay, I'm just not gonna freak out. I'm not gonna like draw attention to this. I'm just gonna let this happen. I'm gonna leave my hand there. And maybe about five minutes later, she's telling a story about how a lot of mediums down there have seen this little boy asking for help. And I was just like, that's a child's hand. <laughs> and like, I don't know if like, while the other room was definitely a, I don't want to go back in there ever. This one, like, it didn't feel scary, but it was like more of like a heartache for someone that like, I'll never know them. Like this person lived hundreds of years before sure. I was ever even born. But like, there was still that like almost human connection of this small child, like reaching out to an adult for help. And that was like just unnerving, but also like just weird time to process. So I've had stuff like that happen in my life. <laughs> It almost sounds like uh, the experience when Bob was first building this place and him and his partner, they were uh, doing their thing right before lunch. They go out to lunch and Bob, you can better explain this, like what happened? Kevin McHale and I spent about three months putting this place together and Kevin and I were partners in a firm called Design Tech Manufacturing and we worked in primarily in high-end woods, so Coas, Bubingas, things like that. And um, I divested my interest in that company to Kevin to help have him help me put this together. So for three months, we worked 18 hours a day. He and I had a key, nobody else had a key. So from inception, we're here and none of this was here. The front room was not remotely like this. We put the bars in the back bars, the legging, everything else. So we're here and we're like sawdust is everywhere. And we go to lunch together. We grab a sandwich somewhere and 20 minutes later we're back here right we walk back in the door our tools have been moved sawdust is everywhere nothing's been like walked through or nothing's disturbed no footprints right, no sign right. of anybody nothing so that was my first taste of things to come here and then we had the uh, contractors are doing the electrical work the hay back work with something else they're downstairs they run upstairs at some point we're here working for sawing Hear that? You know what? A woman scream. No, not at all. Go back downstairs. Did you hear that? You know what? Someone's calling our name. Not us. Not at all. And then they, at some point, just leave. Leave their tools behind. Leave their construction behind. Just walk out of the place. So, yeah, I'm, I'm familiar with many things here, of course. What? What do you think of the place? Oh, Kevin? Robert, yes. Oh, uh, he's an old Irishman, so he had his own preconceived notions about spirits and things as well. So he's very pragmatic. Uh, I'm sure he still is today. But he uh, got a sense of things here, too. Well, we just worked with him. It was just, you know, it's their space before it's our space, frankly. 
it's crazy it's crazy like what do you what do you do uh you live you go on you carry, carry on absolutely you try to be respectful because uh, if there is something malicious lingering that hasn't made itself known yet, you really don't want to piss it off. No. <laughs> so I try to live with like a nice respectful code with everything here. Um, I know like we have the divination tours where we use the divining rods and like open a communication and talk to some of the spirits. And even doing that, try to keep the questions as respectful as possible. Every now and then you'll have someone on tour that will open their mouth and say something a little less seemly. And I'll always make sure to close that tour with, apologize for you like thank you yep. for communicating with us thank you for answering our questions we'll leave you alone now like have you had people that experience something that they've mentioned to you you yeah usually on tours people like um i try to give people time that like if they have been here before or even if they haven't but they've had their own experiences outside of here sure like i try to give them like a few moments while they're like walking to and from one like spot in the building to kind of talk about that and all kinds of things like people who have like had a completely normal time on the tour didn't feel anything didn't see anything but then they were looking through their photos afterwards and there's like a face right behind them in a selfie they took in the basement or um actually that same shadow that i saw um there's a why am i blanking on her name i know her name i want to say allison allison, allison yes um like that she's actually captured a photo of that same shadow figure when uh, she was taking a picture with her friend like two three years ago what happened uh well and it freaked her out at first but like now like every time she's here she's like yeah this photo like she's like she's like this is crazy but like like that like she has that proof of it happening and like other people like including myself have also like seen that figure um I've had people feel things like when we're up on the brothel levels, they'll feel like a hand on their, like resting on their knee. They're sitting in one of the chairs. I've also had people feel like, uh, like a leg kind of brush up the back of their calf. Like someone's kind of like flirting with them and trying to like get their attention. Um, I've had people's hair been pulled, necklaces come undone, pulled on, uh, skirts been messed with. <laughs> had one girl like, flip around her like she was about to hit the person behind her and then she just turned around and her face was white because there was nobody behind nobody her yeah. and I asked her I'm like are you okay she's like it felt like someone just flipped up the edge of my skirt and I was like oh yeah no we, we, we got someone down there that tends to like ladies <laughs> he leans towards the blondes and the redheads but uh, <laughs> what would it take for you to uh abandon a tour something to physically grab me in like a painful way like I guess I've, like, I've had things like hold my hand or whatever and like that never feels menacing but like if something felt threatening and grabbed me yeah I'm out of there I'm not sticking around to find out what it wants I'll come back later and investigate when the energy's calmed down <laughs> but the energy is crazy it, it's yeah. really crazy how it operates how it works mm -hmm. I like think I, said, uh, I always like try to describe like a pulse or like like water it's just like yeah yeah I just, I just don't see how anybody can deny that that there's something else out there you know, it's like, it's, I don't know if it's ghosts, it's aliens, I don't know what it is, but Most there's something Most people are there. very short-sighted. They're incredibly myopic, and especially in America, if you don't see something, you don't have the faith that it's actually there. So we're incredibly arrogant people, but if you don't see it, you can't touch it, it doesn't exist. We've had several women, so this is now a couple of summers ago, we had three different women downstairs different times, that would faint. But they faint in a, a very unusual way because it's not like they're just downstairs, they keel over. 
It's like they're downstairs and they slowly start to cant like this. Enough so that people on the tour like grab them and help them, you know, to get down. So they don't hit their head or anything. And the people are, are so unable to move after that point, we've had to call the paramedics who responded and put people in gurneys and take them away to Columbia Hospital because they can't stand, they can't move, I can't feel my legs, I can't do something, I can't stand up. Okay, so we can't explain this, the paramedics can't explain this, they take them away. It's strange. It's strange, but it's expected. It's understandable. In this day and age, you can't let anything go beyond anything. When you think about what we're dealing with today, with viruses, with conspiracies, paranormal activity, you, you can't be so myopic that something else that exists. The government re released UFO footage recently and nobody that. blinked. Yeah, everyone's just like, Because oh, too much yeah. shit is happening in the world today. It's bizarre. Like, what was but, it, seven months ago, people were trying to storm Area 51. And, absolutely. And now they're like, they release footage of UFOs and people are like, eh, there's too much going on for us to worry about that right now. But come to Shakers, <laughs> Milwaukee, 2020, in the Fifth Ward, People are going to feel something and experience something, and maybe that's what humanity needs right now. I don't know. That's All a good I can point. say, I mean, we, but there's a reason why we're considered one of the one of the most haunted bars in the country. Things do happen here, but you know they don't have to be bad things that happen here. Just no, things, not at all. That's all. Not at all. I think the most playful thing, apart from like Elizabeth, tends to be a little bit more of like a she's a little kid, you know. She's got that playful energy for sure. But uh, the bar spoon. Who is she and how did she die? Elizabeth. Um, she was a little girl about, I think about eight years old. Um, she was playing with her family. There used to be an apple orchard in this area. Um, Over the cemetery. Yeah, in, in the cemetery. In the yeah. cemetery. Well, yeah, yeah, before this building was here, this was all a Southside Cemetery. And um, Elizabeth was with her family climbing the tree when she actually fell and got injured and ended up dying as a result. And... Was she buried in the cemetery as well? Or I would have to guess. She I, I was. assume this she was, was. and like, because like if her family, like if her family was here, that meant they were here visiting loved ones that had passed, and because like going to cemeteries for a long time was kind of like a get out of the city, get into nature, but also pay your respects to your loved ones. Like, yeah, it was like, yeah, yeah, it was a yeah. place for a picnic. Um, I mentioned that to people today, and they're like, "What? That's really weird. Why would you do that?" I was like, "It's really common, actually." Like. If you look through history and multiple different cultures, like going and picnicking at the cemetery and paying respects to your loved ones is a really common practice. A more modernized American view of it, less so, but again, we're kind of a weird society. <laughs> and uh, so Elizabeth was with her family about mid 1800s, just based off like her apparition that's been seen. Um, the clothing that she's always seemed to be wearing is like the stockings, the patent leather shoes, a very like ribbons dress, usually a white or a pink. Something that a little girl brought up in a probably upper middle class to wealthier family would have worn uh, during like the 1860s into the 1870s, which would have fit the timeline before this place was dug up. Um, she tends to linger mainly in the women's bathrooms. So that's where people get the most experience with her though she has wandered out a little bit, but never really passed that archway, I've noticed. Um, 
most experiences are things like she'll like push on the stall doors or uh, the sink in there. She'll like mess with the sink so that it's like still running. Have you experienced her that way? Yeah. Yeah, I've been like I've opened the bar on like it was like a Saturday morning the first time it happened. Uh, I got here at eleven, was opening at noon, turned all the lights on, turned the music on, started cutting fruit, you know, basic bar prep, and I noticed that the women's light was off, so I walked over there to turn it on, and I walked into the bathroom and the entire room was ice cold. I was like, okay, that's a little strange, and then I noticed that the water was also running like all the way. <laughs> full like sink starting to fill up but hadn't overflown yet there was no water on the floor i know that nobody left it on overnight because otherwise water ruined everywhere also would have heard it when i first walked in before the music was turned on i was like oh okay so turn the water off turn the light on ran back to the bar and i was like well, okay that was strange and like this was like probably like my first bar shift by myself that day, like my first or second shift, so like I called the bar manager at the time and was like, hey, like this just happened, is this normal? She's like, oh yeah, that's Elizabeth, you'll get used to her. I was like, oh, okay. I've since learned far more about her, but that was like my first kind of playful experience with her. Um, another more kind of like playful, lighthearted experience would be another day of me here by myself, kind of, it's a slow afternoon. This time was like, it had been like late September, early October this past year, and it was probably like mid-afternoon. I had just been open for maybe an hour or two, and uh, there was a couple sitting over by the beer taps. So I was standing over there, just kind of cleaning some dishes, talking to them, and we heard like a metal clink on the side of the table over there. So I looked over, and I had left my simple syrup batch that had the spoon in it to like sit and kind of dissolve so I could stir it some more. I had left the spoon in there, walked away, and when I looked back, the spoon was sitting on the tray next to it. So like something had lifted it out and dropped it on the tray. And I was like, oh, okay. <laughs> something wants me to know that it's here. Hello. It's done. Okay. <laughs> yeah. yeah, I was like, it's, hello, hi. <laughs> thanks, thanks for helping. <laughs> so like you get some like more playful stuff here, which helps, I think, counter for mm -hmm. me or like outweigh the few times that it's more negative. Probably why I feel so comfortable being here random hours. <laughs> well, this weekend we have a seance happening. Yes, Not sure if I'm quite a believer. Bob will be here. We're going to explore some avenues and opportunities of what's going on with real experts. And uh, I think uh, we'll answer some questions that uh, we all have for what's happening and what is real and what is not. And you can be the judge of uh, what's truly taking place. And you might have some stories about tonight after we leave. Maybe. We'll Maybe. see. See if anything messes with the ladder tonight. <laughs> cool. Yeah. Well, thank you. Yeah. Didn't mean to pop in, but I'm glad I got to share a few stories. Great timing. <laughs> Thanks. Yeah